now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is the author, Dr. Christopher Macklin, internationally known energy healer, highly respected UFO and ET expert, member of the Galactic Federation and remote viewer who was visited by an ET as a young child. He specializes in healing abductees and others who have suffered related negative ET trauma. Dr. Christopher, thank you for being my guest today and welcome. Yay, thanks, Jeff. We bless your heart. Good to be here. (laughs) Yes. Let's have a great time. And let's start. Can we just start with you telling us about your ET experiences as a child? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, as we know, there's positive ETs, there's negative ETs. So, at the age of four, I was uh, lying in bed and I saw this reptilian thing in the corner of the room. Uh, now realizing it was an anarchy, you know, they're pretty tall. They look like velociraptors, not dissimilar to that. So it was about 10 foot six tall. Dad, there's a reptilian in the room and he comes running up. Where is it? Where is it? It's there. Where? And I, oh, he can't see it, you know, and that's weird. And what's interesting is when you get these visitations, and I want to put this out there because it's really important. You feel the energy of them. And, you know, uh, Anunnaki are not good beings. You know, uh, they're, um, you know, they're there to manipulate everything else. So, so I felt this like, oh, this is not good. And so, you know, oh, go back to sleep. You know, it's just a dream. It wasn't. It was still there. So I learned from a very young age. And I said, right, get out of my room. It went. I thought, wow, that worked. So... I learned to manage them from the age of four, and it might sound crazy, but it's true. So, you know, when I got more visitations after that, I didn't even call them because I knew that if I kept telling them, oh, no, Dad, I was reptilian, um, he's going to probably uh, send me to a psychiatrist and put me on some drug. And the other thing I saw as well when I was young, and I still see them now, is craft in the sky. And I, and I said, Dad, there's a, there's a flying saucer thing going overhead, and where, you know? And he couldn't see it. So, again, I realized that I could see through the veil. Didn't realize it was through the veil. I just saw, I just realized I could see things that he didn't see. And so I learned to manage it. And, oh, it's not worth even talking about. And I've seen them all my life. I still see them now. You know, if people have got attachments, you know, I can go about view people. And, you know, we work in the ministry building in Hollister. But, of course, if you've got someone who's a client, you can remote view the body. Oh, there's a reptilian. Yeah, let's see how old it is. Let's, you know, see what it's doing. Let's see where it's attached. And it taught me, you know, now we can, you know, using portalist systems, we can escort them out of the body because, you know, if you look at the Christian teaching, which is interesting, is, you know, they say, you know, I command in the name of Jesus, you leave. So what are you doing with that? Well, you're pissing off the being. It gets all frustrated because it has to, universal law, you have to leave. So it leaves, but you're not doing anything with it. And so it's floating around the church. It's just going to attach to somebody else, you know. So it's important to safely deliver them back to the because that beings or what I call God with unconditional love and forgiveness. Therefore, they can take care of it. You know, it's gone. And then the next one, gone. And so, you know, it's just an important point that, you know, you can't just say, I command you leave because the thing's still in the same it's a different time but same space and so it's just going to float around until it finds some other unsuspecting person who's low vibration that it can attach to and i think that's a pretty important point why do you think it chose you at such a young age i mean you think it's something that you had done pre-birth that that's how they knew about you or or something else 
it's actually my past lives. I'll never disclose what my past lives are, but the things I've done in the past, and I learned this in Belize, you know, my journey, you know, I went to Belize and they showed me all my past lives, what I'd done, and I realized, oh, I'm meant to do the same thing. But, you know, it's not just about healing here. It's also about healing the planet. And, you know, there's a project we've got that we were talking about earlier, which, you know, is a pretty big project that will help heal the planet. So they don't want you here. And what I find, you know, working with a lot of starseed people, what are they? Well, I don't know what they were thinking, but they got in God's queue, you know, and God's, well, you know, I need volunteers. Yeah, I'll do it. You know, so you rush in and you're excited. Uh, let me just show you a little snippets of what this, you know, world is like down in this third dimensional world on Earth. And, oh, yeah, it's not a problem. And as soon as you get down here, of course, as soon as you're born, you know, you're coming out of the vaginal opening, you're looking down and, there's the IRS in the corner. Oh, welcome to Mother Earth. Here's your invoice, you know. And then and then it seems to go more crazy. I mean, when I was born, they, you know, the reptilians, they know who's born, they know who's starseed, they know what your past lives are. So what they do is they attack you uh profusely. You know, I mean, I had eight strokes uh, just after I was born, um, survived it. Burnt my back when I was four, survived it. I was in hospital for a year, then different things happened. Uh what are we up to now? 289 times they've tried to take me out, but it's, it's not working. I mean, I think they've kind of got over themselves. And people, you know, people say, oh, my God, they're after me. Well, of course, they're after you. You're a starseed. So why are you born as a starseed? Why do we have to have starseeds here? The biggest thing is because the universal law is this is a third-dimensional world. It's completely free will. Okay, so unless you ask, you know, okay, guys, we need your help, and let's pull you from the ethers nothing's going to happen. And hey, people say, well, where was God when I need him? Well, did you really ask? And I'm not talking about asking, God, I need some help. Let's get you down here. Or, you know, the Melchizedek beings or Palladians, whatever your starseed family, they will help if you ask. But people have kind of been programmed as a powerless victim. So, you know, their powerless victim, oh, God's not interested, you know. So they don't even think about asking. They just get more power, less power, less power, less power, because nothing's helping them, you know. But to get over the third dimensional aspect of free will, they had to find a way of putting people down here, like starseeds, we call them. What are they? Well, if you're Palladian, Actorian, Lumerian, Atlantarian, um, Andromedan, um, Lyran, Sirius A, Sirius B, I was born as Mekizdet B, and there's five of us here. Um, in fact, we were spliced at birth. Some starseeds... To get their soul down here, you have to have enough DNA and enough light body of the DNA to interface the soul into the body. So some of them are spliced at birth. That means that, and I was the same, so that means that, you know, your mother's abducted and maybe they put the egg and use the sperm or maybe they do the opposite, but they need to get enough DNA of the Mekizdek DNA. I've got 84% to allow the soul to interface into the body. If not, you wouldn't be born down here. So my mother was abducted. And of course, my father's not my father. He's just, I mean, the guy's just nuts, bless him. I love him, but as a human being, but he's not really my father. We don't gel at all. You know, he's an accountant. So that doesn't, you know, <laughs> bode well for me. Oh, you're an accountant. I mean, I speak to our accountant. It was really funny. We did the, um, we did our personal taxes. And she said, she said, what do you want to read through them? I said, no. And she started laughing. She goes, well, you should read through them. I said, look, you're the accountant. You know, I pay you $1,500 a month to do the accounts. I'm not interested in accounts. 
not interested in iOS, but if you're okay with, you know, the work you've done and it's accurate, then just just file it and she'll just laugh her head off. She goes, you're really not interested in money, are you? So, nah, well, that'd be a nope. <laughs> but, you know, if you you can detach from this third dimensional world while getting other people to do those third dimensional things and just paying for it, you know, and that's what's really important. So, so what you're doing is detaching from that third dimensional world, detaching from the energy and just really focusing. All I do is healing. You know, I'm not interested in IT. Can I do the IT yet? Do I want to do it? Uh, absolutely not, you know, because it frustrates me. I just want to do healings. I want to do teachings. I want to do podcasts. I don't want to do anything like that. So, but if you really know God's got your back, you can feed the money forward and allow people to work with you and they get blessed and they can feed their families. And that's what it's all about. It's interesting because I've had guests that have had hybrid children, but now I finally got a hybrid child as my guest. (laughs) Yeah, I am a child actually, (laughs) but people often say you're so childlike and you know, you know, Jeff, who wants to grow up and be an, in quotes, adult in this third dimensional world? We have such a laugh, and Mandy and I, my wife, you know, we're very childlike, you know, but I used to be naive, but I've realized how um, difficult the world is and how manipulative people can be. And so from the education, I've learned that, oh, we set boundaries, so we're very careful about who we allow into our field, you know. Um, that's why we only have a few friends. Um, people who are new to ETs, when they hear a reptilian ET, they probably think to themselves, how can something that looks like a reptile have more intelligence than us? Well, they've been around for thousands of years. The thing is about, you know, if you look at Jesus' teachings, I love, I'm not a Christian, so don't ever think I'm a Christian, but I love Jesus' teachings. He taught unconditional love, and he also talked about demonic entities, demonic. I, I view them differently because there's different you know, entities that can manipulate. What are they? Well, the Anunnaki. They can play chess 70 moves ahead. You know, they're off-planet, well, they're on-planet beings. A lot of them live under the planet. People don't know that. But uh, they've also come from off-planet, and they're very, very intelligent, you know, because they're they're a lot older than us. I mean, they live for about 1,400, years. And a lot of the ones that attach you, if they're anything over maybe 700 years old, they're very dark because they've learned all the manipulation, you know, over a period of time. And, you know, how old are we? Well, I'm I'm 33 going on 60, you know. Uh, you're supposed to, everyone's supposed to laugh, but anyway, it's true. <laughs> I was 60 this year, and, you know, that's nothing compared with, like, a 700-year-old reptilian. So, of course, they've learned a lot. So there's the Anunnaki, there's Draconians, dark as anything. They live on Naboo, and Naboo is coming very close, so they've, managed to actually come down here and and they're kind of in charge of the reptilian element. There's also the Luciferians connected to the Vatican. You know, it's about, um, they're all about sacrifice and everything else. Lucifer is the head of them, but Luciferians are very snarly. And that's, I think, where Jesus got his teaching from because when they leave the body, they they get all, you know, contort the body or they speak through your voice box and raspy voice. And there's also like first and second dimensional entities, Snake beings, scarabotal type things, but one of the biggest ones also is archons. Now, archons are very interesting. They have no body. So when they attach you, it's like having negative energy attached to you, but they can still manipulate you. Uh, 
but they have no body. They float through different dimensions, uh, second, third, and fourth dimension. So they can float through dimensions and, oh, you know, but they're, they're pretty aggressive. So, you know, all these beings, so you might think, well, you know, what's going on with these beings? Why do they do that? And the answer is because they're all part of this uh, takedown of the human race. Why do they want to take us down? Because they live under the planet. So think about this, you know, how do they get on top of the planet? The oxygen's too high. So how do you reduce the oxygen? Oh, let's just blow a stuff in the sky and block the sun out. And, you know, we all know who's been saying that. And that'll allow the oxygen to reduce because the plant life reduces. And then uh, that would affect us. Of course, we can't live in a low oxygen environment, but these things can. So they will come up uh, above the planet. So uh, that's one of the... Um, that's one of the, uh, what would you call it, like uh, covenants they want to do, you know, but that's not the only one. Some of my near-death experiencer guests, when they go to, I guess you would call it the fourth dimension or, you know, the, the dimension of where you go after death, I mean, after life, obviously, they'll see ETs there. Is that generally where the ETs exist is in the next dimension and then they pop in here when they want to do stuff or do they actually exist in this dimension? Uh, they, well, some of them can shapeshift, you know, and, uh, we've all, all heard about shapeshifters. There's a kind of jubilee thing going on about all the shapeshifters, but, you know, shapeshifters, they can shift in this dimension and look like human form. Um, and, you know, if you're ever unsure, you know, you can always tell, you know, if people are shapeshifters and they're reptilian, you can always tell, cause you get that dark feel like, Oh, this person's pretty dark. What's going on? If you ever need to know, just look at them in their face and recite, you know, we've got a prayer on the website or a map of intent. Don't like the word prayer, but map of intent. And it goes like this, you know, you look at the person and you say, uh, I am of God, I ground myself to the earth. Dear God, I command you, show this person in their true form. What will happen is you'll see an o opaque overlay of like a reptilian creature. And how do I know this? Well, you know, I, I figured it out, but... I was also dating a reptilian girl, you know, and I remember one night she was really mean and I, I sat there and looked at her, why are you so mean? And anyway, this prayer, this reptilian over. Listen, I was gone. Next morning, as soon as she went to work, pff, I was gone. Like, oh my God, it's a reptilian. <laughs> so, but they exist. They can shapeshift. Uh, draconians don't tend to do that. Uh, Luciferians can show up. They can shapeshift, but they're very snarly. Uh, they're very hissy, snarly. Connected all to Vatican, we know what all that's about, you know. Um, and so uh, there's a lot going on with these things. And it's important that, you know, people are always talking about, we've got to, you know, sort the deep state out and everything else. Well, you know, that's, they're just puppets. It's the element under the planet that's actually the reptilian element who are actually controlling all these beings. And that's why they've made reptilian hybrids to infiltrate uh, the human race and the the top echelon so that, you know, so that we can manipulate the humanity, which they're doing a good job of right now. Who are the good ETs? Good ETs, we've got uh, Palladians, they're helping us. We've got uh, uh, Actorians. Actorians are actually working um, off planet with the project that we'll talk about later uh, to actually raise the vibration of this planet. You know, it's interesting because you were talking about, you know, I mean, if you, if you look at readers, you know, I've heard so many readers say, well, we're about 80% there, you know, in the fifth dimension. And I'm looking outside there. 
are you sure you're on the same planet? Because I'm kind of not seeing it. But hey, you know, I asked them because that beings were 2.5% currently. What do we need to get to? 8.7% of the collective. And that's a big shift. That's a big up, update. But the pyramids, you know, that we're doing will really help, you know, uh, make that shift. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Are the good ETs fighting the bad ETs either on planet or off planet? They're helping supporters, you know, and like I say, with with the with the star seeds that are Palladium. Let's look at the good ETs. Palladium, you got Arcturian, Lumerian that do the crystals, Atlantarian, which are Atlantarian times, uh, Lumerian, and then you've got uh, the Lyrans, the cat people, and then you've got uh, Sirius A and B. And, uh, you know, and of course you've got Bacuzdet, you know, which the Bacuzdet beings, I don't really know much about them, but they were involved with uh, the creation of this third dimensional world. Prime creator created it. But the Bacuzdet beings put instruments in to stop manipulation in the future. So, for example, what's that? Well, take the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records were created by the Bacuzdet beings. Why is that? Because they knew at one point they'd have the technology to go back in time. Now, if you can go back in time and alter timelines back in time, you're going to mess the whole time-space continuum and it would upset the vibration, everything else. Uh, it, it would be a complete mess. So what they did is they create a map of your life from when your soul was first created. It just keeps moving forward, moving forward. Um, and it's a, it's a record of what's happening in your life. Now, if you go back, for example, Jeffrey, you jump in a time machine. So you're going back on... Jeffrey's timeline. So you go back to, I always pick on Hitler, but, but you know, it's a good example. So you're back at 1936. You want to take Hitler out. Can you do that? No. Why is that? Because you've gone back on your timeline, but his timeline has already happened to this time. You know, whatever he's doing in the ethers, whatever. So you can't change any other timelines from your timeline and that stopped them from manipulating the, uh, you know, the time-space continuum, which is actually really important. People have no idea how important that is. So that was a that thing. Do you believe in reincarnation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, yeah. I mean, oh. past lives, you know, I had a near-death experience. I don't want to talk much about it because it was uh, self-inflicted, uh, because it was a test between God and myself and myself and God to, you'll heal me, and show God I had the faith that I'm going to get healed. And it was very interesting. And, you know, they took me over the other side. You know, what's interesting about going over the other side, there's the fourth and then there's the fifth dimension. Now, if you go straight to the fifth dimension, all you'll see, you know, you'll get in an amazing place. You know, you go through a portal of light, everything else. In the fourth dimension, you're going to see a lot of reptilian and weird stuff. And sometimes, you know, people don't go to the fifth dimension straight away. They get, kind of get stuck between the third and fourth, and they don't understand where they are, you know. And that's where I believe that heaven and hell comes, because to me, hell is, you know, being in the fourth or third dimensional, because it's not an easy place to be. I mean, I, I speak to starseeds every day, and they say, well, I think God dropped me off at the wrong planet, you know, or I don't belong here. My answer is, don't even try because you don't think like the average human being, you know. I mean, there's, there's, there's the normie people, in quotes, you know. Um, I don't want to be rude, but, the, you know, it would take an earthquake to wake them up, you know. And, and are they ever going to wake up? Probably not. But 
And then there's the evolved people like starseeds who really get it, but don't know what to do because it's a very lonely journey because they're not connected with people. They're huge empaths. So anyone who kind of criticizes them or projects or is narcissistic, passive aggressive, it's going to shut them down big time. And I see that all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm a massive empath, you know, but I've learned to manage it. And who taught me is my father because he's narcissistic, passive aggressive. And I actually thank him for the education because he's brilliant at that, you know. And what it's taught me is to set boundaries. So we're not doing that anymore. And so I don't ingest his uh, projections and emotion and criticisms, you know. I mean, when I went bankrupt, you can imagine he's a he, he's a, an accountant. You go, oh, my God, how embarrassing you went bankrupt. Uh, I said, well, actually, what's it got to do with you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's me who's went bankrupt and, you know, I'm struggling with no food, everything else. You're sitting pretty at home. Why are you so ashamed? Well, I've got a counter. Oh, okay, well, whatever. So, you know, right there is like, that tells you all you need to know. Why do we keep coming back over and over again? Well, let's take the normies or starseed. The starseed come back, they volunteer. Now, uh, I often tell people, look, are you enjoying it now? Do you want to come back now? Well, next time God says you want volunteers, pretend that you've got diarrhea, run to the toilet, lock the door, and don't come out until the volunteers are all chosen. And, oh, maybe next time. So, you know, I'm just joking, but they volunteer. They don't have to come back because they've evolved enough. Now, the normal people who are not evolved, um, they come down here, the veil's closed off, they learn and they don't get it. They go back up. When you, when you pass, I know you guys know, but... You have a life review when you actually, you know, transition for this planet. Um, you go through the whole lifetime, you know, it's almost like plugging someone on a computer and you feel people's emotion. Like, oh, my God, I didn't do that. To them. Oh, my God, that's terrible. You know, you feel all their emotion and that's your karma. You know, people get karma, I think, um, really skewed. They think, oh, God's going to, the wrath of God's going to come upon you because you did something wrong. Nah. What happens is that if you do something wrong, your own emotion about doing that wrong thing or wrongdoing is the karma that you're creating and the demise because you're so ashamed or whatever it is. So, you know, you get a demise. You know, the the important thing about karma is forgiving yourself. Okay, I didn't get it. You know, who hasn't done daft things in this life? Probably all of us. We've all done silly things at some time. And, you know, forgive yourself because, you know what, this is an extreme world uh, we live in. And so, you know, that's why I have a problem with, uh, you know, Christians deeming people as sinners, you know, and people say, well, you're just a sinner. Uh, No, I'm not. You know, I do God's work every day. I'm not sinful. You know, I'm I'm in a classroom. I've done silly things, but I forgive myself and we're okay. But, you know, the only time Jesus mentioned the Bible, and again, just remember, I'm not a Christian, but, you know, he just mentioned about, you know, anyone who's without sin casts the first stone. That means... All you guys have done daft things, so stop throwing stones at people and judging them, you know, and it's all about the judgment. Stop judging. And I love that teaching, you know, but uh, but it doesn't mean to say, oh, let's let's now uh let's now judge people, which is exactly what it told you not to do, that you're a sinner. So, you know, it's kind of contradicting in my my opinion, but you know, but I love Jesus' teachings, I love Buddhist teachings, I love a lot of teachings, you know, so. Some of my near-death experiencers say that they go to the black void. Have you ever heard of that? And if so, what, in your opinion, is that? 
The black void, you can do that when you meditate. There's a place where you can go to where it's kind of a zero point. There's nothing there. Um, and basically, you can just relax and float there. You know, it, it is a black void. There's nothing there. But like I say, I mean, that's a transitional place. In the fourth dimension, you will see reptilian beings and all different types of beings. And, you know, we call them, you know, alien beings. They are aliens. Even, even the ones here, they're alien beings because they're in a different time, but same space. Um, but if you get to the fifth dimension, of course, that's where the, uh, you know, I mean, the Palladians, Actorians, Lumerians are policing this because they police the uh, soul recycling process. People that we get stuck in, and I think there is an alternative place you can go where you can get stuck and be enslaved. But I think the natural recycling process is, okay, yeah, let's do your life review in the fifth dimension. You do your life review, you feel everyone's emotional. Oh, my God, I, I can't believe I was that mean. And then say, well, what do you want to do? You, want, you know, you have a choice where they come back. But most people who don't get it, they say, yeah, I, I want to come back and I really want to work on my empathy. Or I really want to work on the anger, you know, that I didn't get right or whatever it is. I want to work with the fact that I died of cancer and I didn't need to because, you know, cancer is not a killer. Um, whatever it is, you know, so you choose to come back and you choose your family. But that's different, you know, you choose your family, but a lot of people, they kind of go outside themselves to get a reason why things went south. You know, like, for example, well, that was a contract that got nothing to do with me. And I'm thinking, well, hang on, um, does God have a lawyer? Oh, that'd be no. You know, you show up for your own stuff, you know. don't Please don't go outside. There is no contracts with God. Yes, you have a choice, you know. Well, you sure you want this family? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's not an easy one, but okay, let's do it, especially star seeds. you know. You choose your family because if you get the wrong family, you know, why did I choose my father who's narcissistic, passive-aggressive and has berated me the whole my life? And the answer is because it's made me into a warrior. If I had a father who absolutely adored me and loved me, uh, I'd never felt loved most of my life. But it taught me a huge lesson of how to manage your emotions, release the abandonment emotion, release the you know narcissism that I got. And then once you do that, it makes you into a warrior because you've learned by his, you know, um, by his teachings of negativity. And you know, I always tell people the biggest events in your life are the biggest ones for growth. You know, it's no use being like such a loving father. Oh, pop it, you know, yeah, we don't want you to go outside because you're too vulnerable or whatever. You'd never be doing anything. And on this planet, we need warriors. That's why I always talk about the day of the guru. Well, it should have been over a long time ago, but it's gone. You know, you don't need a guru. You are your own guru. You know, you have it within you. And my job as a you know healing person is to help people release the emotion, get rid of the things like cancers or whatever's going on, and get back to that sovereign being where they become a warrior. And I see it all the time. It, it's such a joy to see, so wow, I want to get out there and do my gift, you know, and it's so exciting, you know. That's what really keeps me going, you know, to be honest, Chef, because, you know, this world, you know, if I wasn't doing this, what I ought to be here, I probably wouldn't be here. I'd transition off and go and do stuff in elsewhere where I need help, but... but that's what keeps me going, the fact that, you know, seeing people get back to their sovereign being because you are your own guru. That leads me into the perfect question. Are you coming <laughs> back? Are you coming back next life? 
that's kind of tied to the pyramid project. Yes, probably in five to 800 years, yeah. No, I'll have to come back. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because the pyramids are sited, and I'll talk about the pyramid project in a minute, but the pyramids are sited on ley lines. The, um, the Palladians created the Giza pyramids. So what happens is that, of course, you site them on the ley lines, they're putting energy in the ley lines, but the ley lines shift, you know, they move, you know, as the platelets move and the planet moves, everything changes. So they go off the ley line. So uh, what we've done this time is made them so that you can actually move them, you know, which is pretty incredible, but you can. I mean, if something a thousand feet tall that weighs tens of thousands of tons, how do you move it? Well, you know, uh, it's called anti-gravitational, you know, uh, time, space, human switching and different elements they've got. But you can move them, but I'd have to come back to get them moved and get a new set of land and get a new infrastructure, but not for a while, you know. After this life, lifetime, believe you me, I'm going to have a rest because <laughs> it's been tough. I think we all need one, you know. We need to go to the vacation planet. Yeah, the vacation. Oh, this is good. It's, uh, champagne with God and, you know, it sounds great, you know. Absolutely, because it's tough down here and it's a lot of work, you know. You must see that with your podcast. I see it with mine. You know, you're always doing something, you know. You're never just like, it's my day off today. I'm doing something, you know, I'm with you. Before we had a, a meeting with some people, you know, it never stops. It really never stops. But I love it because it's a way of life, you know. It what gives you inspiration. Where do angels fit in with all this? Because I'm... In my opinion, angels aren't human, but they are intelligent, non-terrestrial beings. They are. Well, take example, I know, Archangel Michael, you know, he's an ancient Palladian. Now, uh, he sits with me quite a lot. You know, we do work together. And I know a lot of people call on him, well, Archangel Michael, I've got some trouble here. And he helps fix it. Um, look at uh, the McKeelsdale realm. Um <laughs> it's close to me, but um, there's a lot of our, well, they're not, yeah, you know, that beings are angelic beings um, and they're of the ultimate dimension. So they come down and give you an example, Mother Mary's the mother of the that being down here. So she's around me all the time. We spoke to her today and, you know, different things are happening. So, um, so angelic beings are really the positive beings who love humanity and want to help them the white hat of the the beings you know um azita gray angelic beings uh absolutely not they're the guys who have given us technology that we have no business having and it, that's why it's creating all the problems with you know nanotech and everything else so are they angelic beings not really they you know they the reason why they did this project is because they started with hitler and they agreed with hitler to abduct people and steal their eggs and sperm to, and we'll give you technology. Now, paperclip project transferred, DARPA got hold of all this stuff, and now we're in a situation where the nanotechnology is off the charts. You know, uh, it really is, and it's 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 crazy. It really is crazy stuff. It's off-planet technology from the greys. So was that a good idea? Um, well, it's like giving the keys to a Ferrari to a two-year-old. Um, is it going to end? Well, probably not. And, and that's what they've done. They had no business in that. In fact, uh, I chair the Galactic Federation with two other that beings. Now, 
you know, you've heard of like, oh, you know, the Earth Galactic Federation or somebody Galactic Federation or the Palladium Federation or the Federation 7. There's a load of them. The Galactic Federation police all time, space in every dimension. Now, of course, to do that, because there's infinite dimensions, it means you only go to meetings that you need to, you know, that are important because there's meetings all the time with this federation with different, you know, dimensions and things happening. But one of the meetings I chaired is that should we take the um, the greys, the zeta greys off the planet for doing this? Now, one of the things that you have to really think of is what's the difference between violation education? It's a very close call. So what's education? Well, you, you know, you know, before you get down here, you know, there's reptilians, there's draconians, there's, uh, there's uh, Luciferians, there's snake beings that can attach to you. You know this, and you've got to learn, and you've got to learn how to remove them. You know, so to me, that's education because you're learning to be a warrior and going to get rid of these beings. What happens if someone comes along with a spaceship and paralyzes you, sends you up to the spaceship with a beam? With you paralyzed, they steal your sperm or steal your eggs, and then they send you back to all. What they even do sometimes is they uh, they fertilize a woman and they leave them pregnant for probably about a month or two, and then they abduct them again and take the baby out. But, you know, very often people don't realize they're pregnant and then they start feeling it. Oh, I think I might be pregnant. And at that time, they'll take it out before they realize. And, of course, then they're, they're not pregnant. But that, that's happened a lot. And so it was decided that that is a direct violation of humanity. They had no permission over your body. Uh, just because some president signed the form saying, yeah, you can do it, doesn't mean to say they had permission. So that was deemed as a violation and they were, they were swept off the planet about three years ago, last June. So you don't see the grey so much, except you see them through portals because they're banned from the third dimensional world. So how do they manipulate and get down here? Well, if you open a portal in a different time space here, then they're not actually here. So they get over that universal rule, which, you know, so it's just manipulation. It happens, you know, it happens all over. It seems lately that the aliens, or at least the alien ships, are revealing themselves more to us. When do you think they're going to, you know, give us 100% full disclosure and land out here in Walmart parking lot or something? Go shopping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, welcome to Walmart. Oh, blimey. You know. um, I actually think it's going to happen probably after the big transition. There's a big transition that's coming. I mean, if you look at what's happened in this world, it's going pretty south, you know, with all the, all the things going on. And I think there's, we're due a big transition. When it's going to happen, it's difficult to say, but it's imminent. I feel as though it's imminent because if you think about it, if, if the uh, cabal, whatever you want to call them, deep state, who knows, if they want to take down, uh, they don't like America. The reason is because of the Constitution. They want to take it down. They want to destroy it. So they're doing their best to make it happen, of course, you know, with guns, all different things, and, you know, uh, gasoline prices, price of food, shortage of food. They've burnt down, I don't know, 223 plants up to now. Processing plants, cattle have just fallen dead. Why is that? Oh, it's the heat. No, it's not. It's your weapon up here. If you shine it onto cattle, they'll just, you know, they'll just pass away straight away. Same with sheep. So... Um, you know, you've also got the biggest uh, pork, you know, farms and processing plant in America that's shutting down. Oh, why is that? It's owned by a Hong Kong company. They decided to shut it down for no reason. So you can see that, you know, all these elements are there to try and um, 
to try and create us into a new reset thing. And, you know, it's it's affecting people profoundly at the moment. I mean, I'm finding, I'm finding, you know, where maybe four years ago did these sessions, they were a breeze. Now it's really not a breeze because people are so like, what do I do? And, you know, and they need support. And that, that's why I'm here, you know, to support people and help them to get back to that, you know, oh, it's okay, God's got my back. You'll always find a way. I had on the program before Ed Dames, the remote viewer, and he said something along the lines that basically we're too far gone and we need the ETs to come here and fix the place. Well, they are here and they are helping fix. If you look at um, the people involved, am I ET? Yeah. You know, am I working with my Stasi family? Yeah. And, and he's right, you know, um, and, you know, <clears throat> but you've got to remember that you can't just, you know, in America, you can't just send the military. People say, why don't you send the military and take the current administration out? You can't. Why is that? Because you've got to make sure the people are behind you before you do it. And so it's really important to show the people what they're doing. Now, I don't want to tell you now, if people can't see that this is, you know, really skewed in America right now, then... Some people say, no, well, I don't understand. Yeah, the gas has gone up a bit, but it's all okay. Are you really looking, you know, have you taken your blingers off? Because it's all collapsing, everything's collapsing, and and the elements are there to make it collapse. So I think it's important to realise that, you know, this will wake people up. And one thing I've learned about the average human being is that it takes about 36 two-by-fours to the head to really wake them up. I mean, you know, if you mention child traffic, ah, not in America, man, go back to work and do that stuff. You mention again, oh, try to, oh, no. And then suddenly one day, after you've mentioned it 32 times, oh, my God, it can't be, you know, in America, you know, and, and they suddenly wake up to it or, or, you know, the deep stays or whatever's going on, you know, they suddenly wake up to it. But they're showing that because they're, they were behind on the agenda that it's, it's becoming so evident now that I think, you know, people are really starting to get it, which is, which is a blessing, you know, because they need to before – but I, but how far, you know, think about this, how far do you take a country down this path of destruction before there's a no return where it's, everything's destroyed and you're in trouble? You can only take it so far. There's always a precipice for everything, you know, with the food supply and everything else, gasoline supply. Now they're talking about diesel going to be short in about 10 weeks and so there'll be no food supply either. But how far do you take this country before you turn it around and you think enough's enough, you know, the government's incapacitated, take them out, and things start changing. And the answer is, you know, there's, there's there's a precipice. I don't know the answer to that, but I think we're getting near. You can't give us a timeline? Uh, soon. soon. I don't like giving timelines. Thing is, Jeffrey, think about this. You know, the the I don't like the word white hats, you know, whatever. You know, the, the people who really care about America and, and, and the humanity and really love humanity – are sticking their necks out right now. And there's a lot of them. You know, I speak to people with the military and different things because, you know, raising money for this pyramid project, we're talking $200 billion. It's not like 10 bucks or let's get a loan for $5,000. We're talking about $200 billion to do the whole infrastructure and everything else and buy the land. It's a huge project. So, you know, we know some pretty uh, uh, deep-seated people who are, you know, love humanity and they're doing their best and, and they're doing an amazing job. And they're putting their life on the line for people. You know, uh, I don't think people really realize how big it is. But, of course, you've got the deep state. who are trying to take it down and, and, you know, get it to crash and burn. So, you know, but 
Well, what they're doing, these uh, people of humanity, is playing chess probably about 15, 20,000 moves ahead. So they've got this chessboard. And if I told you, well, you know, next week, 5 p.m. Central Time, uh, something's going to happen on Tuesday, uh, within four minutes, that could have changed because the game, you know, it's changing all the time. But I can say that the precipice is months away, you know, probably a couple of months away. It's wow. coming to the precipice where I think it's going to shift really big time. Um, so now you said, and, I, and other people say this as well, is that there, the aliens are already here. You had a girlfriend that's uh, a reptilian. At that time, will all the aliens basically decloak themselves and you'll just see them walking around the streets? Uh, I think the I think the good guys, you know, the uh, the good guys will uncloak themselves. The reptilians won't. I think they're going to be in trouble. But we need to get them off this planet. You know, if we're going to have a chance of survival, you know, think about this. You know, they've created reptilian hybrids, so they're in the governmental system. Uh, there's also shapeshifters. Uh, there's also robotic things. They call them, you know, men in black, whatever you want to call them. Uh, who are uh, clones and all this sort of thing. So there's a whole host of negative beings in that. So if you talk all them out, great. But what happens in 50, 100 years, they're just going to recreate them and it's all going to start gently over again. So, you know, to me, it's important at this time to put a stake in the ground and say, right, let's get these reptilian you know, manipulators and the draconians and anarchy and, uh, you know, luciferians. They've got to get off the planet because they've manipulated humanity for so long. I mean, if you look at even the teachings of words, like, for example, you know, I earn a living. I mean, an earn something you put someone's ashes in. So right there, well, this is the ashes of the living that I'm earning. And, you know, it, it's all the wrong verbiage, you know. I always tell people, you know, I don't earn a living. I actually get blessed by energy exchange for doing God's work. What a blessing. Or well, good morning. Well, you're going to mourn all day probably, you know, so... Change that verbiage, you know, oh, what a great day, you know. Forget about good morning. You don't even need to say it. Hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day, you know. Hope you're blessed, you know. It's just changing that um, that verbiage to positivity from something that's going to uh, create a demise if you keep saying it because your maps of intent, what comes out of your mouth, creates your reality, you know. What is the process that you use to help heal abductees? Well, um, first of all, well, it's interesting, actually. It's called wisdom beyond forgiveness. What does that mean? Well, what we do is abductees, we go back in time, uh, we look at what happened because don't forget, abductees, if you're abducted, they can, they can wipe the conscious but not the subconscious. So if you go back and meditate on it, they can very often get to a place where, okay, yeah, I'm going on the ship, you know, they're stealing eggs and sperm. You know, and what we do is uh, we inject unconditional love into that time, which means that that feeling, and it comes up the channel into this time, you know, through the Akashi Records. If you go back in time, you can inject good energy into that time by just focusing on their mind, and that will change that reality. And and so, you know, you feel much, much better, like at peace with it. And it's called wisdom beyond forgiveness, where you look at the wisdom and thanking them for the blessing of Having that experience, we're done with it, but thank you for the blessing and bless them on their journey, send them unconditional love. It might sound strange, but it's had dramatic effect uh, and it's got rid of the violation feeling and they've got back to, you know, being, you know, free and uh, at peace. You know, and that, that's what it's all about, in my opinion. Do you have any tips for us to help, you know, calm our mind, body and spirit? 
Yeah, I think what you've got to do is take a step back. You know, this third dimensional world's not, you know, and the problem is if you if you're in it, you know, you need to come back to your own house. Uh, I would advise people, you know, stocking up on food, cooking your own food, start growing your own veg, you know, and get away from this response, uh, this dependency of Amazon and Walmart and all these people. You know, I think what it's doing is people are really, because it's starting to, you know, get shortage and things, I think people are people are shifting their whole mindset into, I need to be self-sufficient because you're a warrior. So let's buy a greenhouse. The best thing to do, get a greenhouse and start growing heirloom seeds. Uh, you know, look for local farmers who can give you beef. Don't buy it from the store because, Jeffrey, I don't know about you, but, you know, I was buying store meat and very often it smelled like, what is this? You know, it's not not meat, so I throw it away. And so we went to, uh, in fact, the architect who's building a house, he raised cows and he gave us half a cow, you know, so we've got 274 pounds of beef. And, God, that beef is incredible because the cow was loved. It was processed by the Amish, so they loved it and, you know, they blessed it and everything else. So, you know, it's beautiful beef. You know, if you buy it from the store, it's like, what is this? And very often it's tough because the cows had such a tough life. You know, it's it's got knots in the in the muscle. You know, so so I think uh, looking for uh, locally grown things and and like I say, you just get you know you'll find that a lot of starseed people have very few friends, and I see it all the time. It's lonely. I'd have no friends and everything else. But you know, the ministry we do a thing on a Friday where it's free to join. It's called Heart Sharing Circle where people can come on Zoom, we have two or 300 people, and they can share things, you know. Uh, and, you know, it's it's obviously monitored because we don't want someone to hijack it, but you can just share things and be with people and, you know, exchange things together. And I think that's really important. You know, it's probably not as good as being in person, but it's certainly a start. And we're trying to help people, like, commune together. I think it's so important now, you know. It seems like star seeds are kind of relatively new, you know, like maybe over the last five or ten years, people saying they're a star seed has become more popular or more aware. Why is that? Star seeds have been back several times for the last four thousand years, and if you look at it, why is that? Why would you want to come here? Well, the answer is because the the planet has been shifting so fast that you need to keep up to date with what shifted, and you might be burnt stake or whatever. You know, who knows. But, you know, you keep coming back and then maybe 100 years, 200 years later, you come back. And what you're doing is you're training for right now because right now is 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 probably the worst time, you know, it's ever been. I mean, it's not. But it's so subtle. People say, well, what do you mean? You know, the, the Romans were really barbaric. Well, the Roman Empire is still here. It's called the Vatican. You know, it's called the Illuminati. It's called the Deep State, whatever you want to call it. Cabal. It's still, you know, it's still here. But what they've done is they've shifted from, you know, using swords and killing people to information warfare, you know, and we're in it, you know. We're in this information uh, realm right now where shadow banning, banning, you can't have free speech and everything else. For heaven's sake, this is America. I mean, I came I came here in 2010, and it was amazing. You know, now it's kind of, are you kidding? You know, but but it's what it is. So, you know, we learn to navigate it. I know you do, you know, I do certainly as well. You have to be very careful what you say on, on different channels because, you know, you, you get banned or you get, uh, you know, pulled up or they take the video down. So it's what it is, you know. I'm sure you're aware of the Israeli general who said that the Galactic Federation is real. 
And um, But the most interesting thing I found that he said was that space is not what you think it is. What do you think space is? Well, there's a layer of dimensions that, you know, you can switch in dimensions. And I think also things like, um, uh, no, it's not what you think it is. You know, this, this, yeah, I don't know what to go into that. But this planet's a lot bigger than you think. And if you can imagine the Unger Games, remember the Unger Games where people were stuck in a massive tent and they had to survive and there was lightning and stuff. Well, that's kind of what's happening here. They can use solid holographic inserts. And so, you know, you think that you're in a smaller space when actually it's bigger, but but that's outside the the kind of ice wall, veil, whatever you want to call it. So we're contained in this thing and there's a big game going on. But externally, it's a lot bigger. It's about two and a half times the size bigger, this planet, than people really think. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening, like the moon, you know. It's it's funny that NASA said, oh, we've had a look and the moon's going rusty. I wonder why that is, you know. So that kind of answers the whole thing right there. You know, it's it's not a planet. It's a massive ship, you know. it's There's so many different things. And people probably look at me and say, God, this guy's nuts. Well, you know. My father told us nuts, and actually, I, I, I was blessed. Dad, that's the best thing you've ever said to me, that you're nuts. Thank you for blessing me for that, you know, opinion. Because, you know, who defines who's nuts and who's not? And the answer is it depends how evolved and how, how much understanding you have of what's going on. You know what I mean? So, But it's things like um, uh, black holes and that are... Uh, they're like super highways to the other part of the universe. And so, you know, if you go in them, you'll you'll transition out about 27 minutes later, right the other end of the universe, which is billions of light years away, you know. So, no, it's not exactly what people think it is. So, and what you see the stars, I don't think they're all there because we're in a holographic, you know, uh, matrix thing of part of the planet that looks the whole. So, you know, just... Thought I'd put that thing out there. People go, oh, God, you know, something else. <laughs> but it's it's there, you know. How are they traveling here? Through wormholes or or through yeah. uh, consciousness? Yes. Well, some of them, they can switch time and space, but mainly it's wormholes. <clears throat> they get wormholes from different dimensions, and then they can travel through uh, black holes, <clears throat> which are also wormholes, uh, to get here. And like I say, you could be on the other side of the universe in 27 minutes, there are portal systems and certain things where you can exit here and go to different dimensions, or they have a time-space continuum jumping system. I mean, it's like uh, if you look at the uh, Mars project, you know, I, I got involved with this because some people had, you know, uh, been mind controlled for it and everything else, but they have jump sites in New York. You know, it looks like a lift. You walk into it, you get in, and then it switches in, 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 in time, you know, and space to a different place. And you can program it. These things are there, you know. It's technology that's been already available from the greys. But, of course, you know, are they going to tell us? Of course not. That's why people are trying to fly to Mars. Why are you bothering wasting all the fuel when you can get there in minutes, you know? And the answer is you can, you know. Um, so the, this technology exists for sure. All right. So what other ET contact have you had? A lot. I mean, you know, with being with chairing the Galactic Federation, they take you sometimes, and sometimes they actually take you on a ship if it's in this dimension uh, and it's not too far away. 
uh, you know, like I say, with worm with 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 black holes, you can get to the other side of the universe within 27 minutes, so they can take you. Now, if it's at a different time space, at a different dimension, very often they take your soul. So if they take your soul, then what happens is you kind of collapse in a coma for a while because your soul's going traveling. You're still on umbilical cord, so you're okay. Uh, but normally they give you like five or ten minutes notice. There was a time when I didn't get any notice, and I was collapsed in the bedroom, like on the floor. And man, goes, oh my god, he's that stroke. Oh, hang on. Oh, he's at the Galactic Federation. That's okay. And just left me for I don't know twenty five minutes. Came back because, of course, different time space. There is no time there, so you can have two or three days worth of meetings in five minutes. Uh, but when you go on these ships, I mean, people often look at these ships and say, well, how can so many people travel on them? You've got to remember that within the ship, they're way, way bigger than you could ever imagine. You know, you look at them on the outside, it looks like a small flying saucer. In the inside, it goes on forever because uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's quantum expansion effectively by, you know, you walk in it and it looks bigger than probably the planet. But uh, on the outside, uh, they look very different. So uh, it's really interesting. And the technology they have is off the charts. But, you know, you can I can always tell if they take you physically, I always tell because when I get back, it feels like someone's beating you with a baseball bat. You just ache all over because these things travel 275,000 miles an hour, you know, really quick. So but most of the time they take you with the soul because it's, it's in a different dimension. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting. I've had a lot of visits. Uh, I've had, you know, I mean, I've had aliens, if you call Mother Mary an alien, if you call other people an alien, you know, the different factions that we work with, including Aptorian, who's, uh, who's building the pyramids. His name is Mark. I don't know why it's Mark, but it is. And um, he comes very often, you know, to show me where they're up to and how, how it's going. And he switches time and space from the 12th dimension. So... It's, it's, yeah, a ton of, you know, a, a lot of exposure with alien beings. And I define as alien being as something that's not from this planet. And that probably includes me as well, because I'm not from this planet. So, Have you seen aliens interacting with the animals here, like horses or cows? Well, yeah, I was asked to come to a ranch once. Uh, there's a ranch in Arizona. Uh, it's a horse sanctuary. And what was happening is that... Um, the greys were coming through portals and they would eat, you know, they would destroy one of his horses and use it as food, you know. So what was happening in the morning, we'd get so upset, wake up, you know, and it's a sanctuary where he's looking after, you know, ailing horses and they're just being bits. And so I went down and I spent the whole weekend. It was really interesting because he said the portal opens at this particular place. So I sat there and it took me a day and a half to open this portal, get the key codes and everything else. But it's interesting because it didn't open there. Um, I think it opened because it opened like 300 feet above. And there was a sonic boom, and it was it was amazing. There's was, was a great big, like, sphere, um, you know, round kind of opening to it. And stuff was falling out, like ships, there was beings, there was all sorts of things. And I was just, look at this, wow, you know, <clears throat> it's pretty active, this portal. We've got to shut it down. Anyway, I spent some time, and I shut it down and, and collapsed the whole portal so they couldn't come through it again, and it stopped, so it was really good. But what was interesting, when the sonic boom happened, um, that beings have watches, and, you know, for example, Enoch was a that being, 
and he talked about the watches. What are they? Well, they watch you. They they make sure you're not getting into any problems because they take you off planet. So as soon as this happened, there's three crafts turned up, you know, which are Actorian craft. They're Actorian to the watches because they're being... And it's funny because they they turned up, they're about a mile away, and they sat there, and I said, what are you guys doing? Well, were you watchers? Okay. And it was funny because they were going three to one, three to one. Within four minutes, the military helicopters turned up, and they are just going around them thinking, oh, God, what do we do with these? And they didn't attack them or anything else. They were just hovering around them. As soon as I shut that portal, which took about 40 or 50 minutes later and shut it down, they disappeared. It was amazing. So we do have watches because if things, there's some things I've got to do which requires my DNA as a trigger, like for the pyramid project. And if you're not here, they 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 can't do it. So what they do is protect you and make sure you're okay, so that the project moves forward. And to me, it's one of the biggest projects on this planet right now. Do you have a timeline for that project? Yeah, um, it's depend on money. I mean, you know, we're talking. You know, the Pyramid Project, I'll explain a little bit about it. So we're, do, we're building off-planet pyramids. The Actuans are building them in the 12th dimension. How are they going to get them here? Switch them in time space and then fly them in using anti-gravitational force. So how big are they? Well, one's 999.99 feet tall, almost 1,000 feet tall. The next one's 666.666 feet tall. You know, they've got to be so accurate. And that's why pyramids don't really work if mankind try and build them because... We don't have that sort of technology. And then there's one 333.33 feet tall. Now, what they're doing is, how does that work? Well, what we're going to do is put the biggest one on a ley line. So the biggest one, then the other two power it up. So the, the next biggest one will go on the golden curve, and the next biggest one will be further around on the gold curve. They'll power each other up. Uh, they're made uh, mostly of Moldavite plus other materials, off-planet materials. And they will be stargate. So they're different than the Giza pyramids. The Giza pyramids are more energetic. These things, you can actually travel off planet if you want to. So so they're building those. They're built, you know, the two and three quarters of the way through the third one, the biggest one. So they will come down next year. It's my responsibility to get the land. Now, if you need to make sure they're safe, you need to distance them enough from a corporate system. Because you can imagine, you know, if these things just appear... Imagine how many hotel chains will want to go there. And, you know, all these people want to build McDonald's or whatever. So we need enough land to distance them from that corporate system. And what we're doing is, you know, you put them there, that's great, but you've got 100,000 acres. Great. But imagine if they just appeared tomorrow. Imagine how many people want to come and see them, like 100 million a year. So you've got to create kind of infrastructure to be able to make that happen. And so that's where the big money comes in. You know, the land, what you're talking about, 5,000 acres. So, you know, 100,000 acres, probably five, $600 million. But, you know, the, the, the reason why it's so expensive is because you've got to create infrastructure and you've got to feed people. You've got to give them water. You've got to, there's going to be meditation gardens. There'll be crystal shops. It's going to be herb. You know, it's going to be a huge, um, we're looking at a huge farm probably 10, 20,000 acres to be able to create its own food. So we're not going to use any external supplies. It will supply its own restaurants and even probably sell food outside to help support itself, you know. So it's a huge project, you know, and it'll grow everything. Cattle, it'll grow, you know, pigs, it'll grow turkeys, you know, everything. 
and it'll all be absolutely organic and it's going to be deemed as a reservation. So there's a lot of legal stuff involved with it. You know, it needs to be supported by the current in quote white hats or, or, you know, people who love humanity. And that's why we're connecting with these people, you know, uh, to make sure they're okay with it. Well, some of the, ETs stay behind to help manage the place, or are they going to leave it all to humans? No, the, some of the Actorians will stay there as a team. Um, you won't be able to see them, but they'll stay there as a team, and then they'll they'll keep swapping out every now and again. But, um, but you know, why, why are we doing this project? Well, why would you want to put these pyramids to spend $200 billion? The answer is because the reptilian element under the planet is very low vibration. Now, like I said before, you know, some people think we're 80% there. We're almost in the fifth dimension. Uh, we're not, but never mind. And I think, I think they're just judging the wrong planet because we're about two and a half percent awake. And I'm talking awake where people have got the energy. They've got the vibration. They're back to a sovereign being. They're doing their work. They really get the whole thing. Uh, yeah. There's people who are, oh, something's not right about this country, but I'm not quite sure what, you know, uh, that's not, I'm, that's not awake to be, you know, awake is when you're really there. So we've got to get to 8.7. Now, if you think about it, the collective is including the reptilians because they're part of the planet. So that's also dragging us down. So how do we remove the reptilians? Well, what we do is increase, when you put the pyramids on the ley lines, it'll blow out all the satanic symbology because they're really powerful. And what it's going to do is raise the vibration of the planet over nine years where it'll be so high that the reptilian element can't live in that high vibrational state. So they'll have to leave or or they're not going to make it. And that's their choice. Or they redeem themselves, you know, which I don't know whether they will or not. It's up to them. But it also gets rid of karma because they have a choice whether to stay in Paris or whether to leave the planet. And once that's happened, the planet will shift in vibration. It'll be amazing. Once we do shift into the fifth dimension, do you think it will be like paradise here? Oh, yeah, yeah completely different i think you know you'll be able to in a in a high vibrational state like the fifth dimension you manifest anything you don't need money you know there'll be no money it'll just be you know heaven on earth you know you'll be able to meditate what you want you don't have to be enslaved to have a job you'll do the things you enjoy like create your own food i i think you know that i think this country is going to go probably kind of back to the native american way where you've got a chief for the area and and uh, you got the medicine people, you know, because I think everything's so, um, what do you call it, hijacked, everything, you know, medical industry, everything, you know, government, religion, everything. And I think, you know, it'll come back to uh, something where the people in charge, you know, that you'll be a wise, like, chief-type person. There'll be medicine men. There'll be all sorts of people helping out. And it'll be, you know, bartering. You won't need money, you know. The only reason why we need money is because of greed by the corporations. They want to sell stuff. If you stop buying all the stuff, because actually you don't need it, you know. But I think this, I think this transition is really bringing people back to nature and really, you know, what they really need, which is not a lot, you know. What do you really need? Food, house to live in, you know. Do you need a car? Well, yeah, if you want to get around. But other than that, why do you need all this stuff you buy, like phones and everything else? Because you know, I think it's going to change big time. All right, Christopher, I'm running out of time, so I need to switch gears with you. What is the Yay! best? <laughs> what is the best <laughs> way to find you on the web? Well, if you go to our website, um, 
The 501c3 is called Christopher Macklin Ministries, but the project we're doing, globalenlightenmentproject.com is the website. So if you want to go to globalenlightenmentproject.com, we have a lot of instruments there. I've got loads of books. You know, if you want help with uh, understanding, we have lots of meditations. They're not just uh, meditations like just look of the light coming down your crowd or whatever. They're actually meditations. They're guided meditations. They're healing meditations. We have uh, healings three times a week. You know, if you have no money, please come on Monday, 9 o'clock Central Time, Thursday, 5 p.m. Central Time, and Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time, we do these healings. It's it's an hour. Uh, it covers most things. It really helps. And like I say, you know, it's by donation. If you have no money, I always tell people, don't shame yourself. Please come on them because, you know, if you're struggling a bit and you're depressed, there's, the chances are you've got an attachment and you need help with it. We also do specialized groups, which is 20 people. We speak to them all first, do the healing after. And then we do one-to-one sessions only Monday and Tuesday. And the other thing I want to uh, see if people want to help with as well, if they want to help us with it is, we have a ceremony every 120 days. What's that? Well, what it is, is we create a map of intent, which is basically calling out all the big things that are satanic in this world. Big pharma, big tech, this, that, and the other, you know. And then um, we name them, and then we bring them before God for justice and release them to God with unconditional love and forgiveness. And by doing that, it starts to break down their power. Now, we had 4,000 people on at one point, Last time we had 500 people. It just varies. So, you know, if you want to really help us with this, please come on it. The next one's going to be in uh, August, and it's free to join. It takes about an hour and a half to two hours, and there's a lot of people on it. So, you know, please join that because we're doing it for everybody. You know, we're do- it's not just about me. We're doing it for everybody, calling out all the, you know, the satanic industries and everything and bringing them before God and releasing them to God with unconditional love and forgiveness. Then from that map of intent, we create a God ritual where we reinstate it every day at 3 p.m. Central Time for 120 days. And that means, that, you know, it's breaking, it's counteracting the satanic uh, rituals that they're doing within the, you know, lodges and within the Bohemian Grove and everything else. So if you want to join that, that's going to, the next one's going to be August. So if you sign up for the website, of course, we just uh, inform you when that's coming and um, that'd be great. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Can they do that through your website? Yeah, you can send an email through the website and ask questions, and absolutely. So, you know, we've got a, a thing there where if you, you know, uh, sign up, and you, you know, you can send us emails and we'll uh, send you a reply back. Absolutely. All right, you have six books. What are their titles, and do we find them on Amazon or your website? They're on both. You can find them on the website. We have them in stock, so it's probably better to buy them from, from you know, the ministry if you can because it will really help us. But uh, the first book I ever wrote was uh, um, Dissolving the Enigma of Divine Healing. And then we did Divine Transcendence, talking about all the manipulation going on in the world. Uh, then I wrote a book about uh, Centering the Minds, uh, which is basically talking about the mental illness, as in quotes they define you like, if you've got ADD, ADHD, OCD, PTSD, or anxiety, well, they're supposed to be mental illness to me. It's, yeah, of course, it's it's neurochemical imbalance because of all the stress happening in the world. So it gives you exercises to help you uh, get there. And, you know, the, we do have, a, we do have uh, meditations to actually work on the neurochemical balance and release the emotions uh, related to those, you know, those diseases. 
We all have, also have a, a book about uh, manifesting abundance. Now, uh, it talks about how to get in that space where your whole life becomes abundant, but we do have a method where it uses sacred geometry and Melchizedek uh, writing, which is the Magi, and what it does is you can actually manifest by using that, by creating these angelic letters. So that's that's a kind of, to me, it's a transition between can't manifest and getting the um, inspiration. Wow, I manifested something. We've taught that all over the world, but uh, but to me, manifestation is a way of life. You know, it should be happening all the time. And like I say, if you're getting gratitude with it, wow, I'm so blessed by it. I'm so blessed every single second and minute of every day, you know. A lot of places teach us, well, get a gratitude stone. Right, God, you got five minutes. I'm grateful for my wife and car and, you know, I got food. And, well, that's all the time I've got for you. Sorry, God, we'll move on. It doesn't work like that. You know, to me, gratitude is a way of feeling. It's a way of life. So if you're grateful every second of every minute of every day, it's just a, a space you get into. And because of that, you know, you know you're blessed and God's got your back. So it's it's all it's all kind of connected. So we teach you how to get that. Right. And, of course, the history, truth, and healing of manufactured diseases, you know, so that's the, the last one. All right, Christopher, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Yeah. Well, I, I would like to do a little affirmation if I can, but I always tell people, remember, God has your back. Surrender to it. Don't worry about what's going on. So what matters is what's happening in your life because you're going to manifest that change uh, as a collective, when we all do the same thing in the world. So one, one, um, I created a, um, yeah, an affirmation, which I think is good. And it goes like this. It, it says, look, I am divine love and wisdom. And I am worthy of all the abundance God has in store for me. Full stop. There is no doubt. So I think that's quite a pretty powerful. If you, if you keep saying that, I am divine love of wisdom, and I am worthy of all the abundance God has in store for me, full stop. There is no doubt. That just helps shift those thought patterns a little bit. Christopher, thank you for that affirmation, and thank you again for being my guest. I really appreciate you, and have a great rest of your evening. Uh, bless you, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me on. It's been wonderful. Yay, bless your heart. Yay, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.